Yo. Hi. This week on the Central Matters podcast, we have got Margot. Margot is from a website, if you Google navigating autism, which is what we did. Actually, um, I think she's from Canada. She is from Canada and you're going to love her accent. Uh, so yeah, to find out a little bit more about Margot, we went to navigating autism and we found a 30 year old autistic lady with funky hair and really cool glasses uh, who loves cats and is an artist. So we're very excited for this one. Question. Yeah. Are you sure that's not just thirty-year-old Canadian me? It's very similar to you. So we're really looking forward to listening to what Margot has got to say on this podcast. Also, don't forget to join us two on the Sensory Support Group tonight at seven o'clock for our online New Year's Eve party. I'll battle you all on Smash. See you later. Listen to the podcast, and we'll be back at the end. And you better fight me on Smash. We love a net and we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here and I have another Sensory Matters show for you today and today I'm dead excited because I'm talking to Margot in Canada. Hi Margot, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. So you're our first Canadian guest, so welcome. We've had a couple oh, of Americans, but no Canadians. That's so exciting, thank <laughs> you. So thank you for joining us and uh, I've been to Canada twice and I absolutely love it. It's an amazing country. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're Vancouver way, is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in British Columbia, so yeah, not too far from Vancouver. Okay. Born and bred there? Ever been yes. Yeah. Nope, this is born in Vancouver, and I'm still still in the same area. Lovely. And a beautiful bit, too. I've been snowboarding in Whistler, which is obviously not that fun, north of Vancouver. So yeah, great place. Anyway, um, I digress. So it's lovely to have you. And basically what we're wanting to do today is share another story, really, another story of someone's autism journey. Um, and if you want to know more about Margot, you can find it on her navigatinglifemyjourney.wordpress.com. And from there, you'll be able to get to her YouTube channels, which are really passionate and engaging, so definitely worth looking at, um, and other ways of connecting with her, Facebook, etc. Um, so that's where to go find her. Um, but you are, well, I, I would class you as a, a strong autism speaker um, that speaks your mind. Um, you're an artist and a blogger. So let's just go back in time to the very beginning. I guess, how did autism come into your life? So actually, just before, uh, I just want to mention that navigatingjourney.com is a really fast way to get to my website, so that works too. But my autism journey started, well, probably before I even knew that I was autistic. When I was a child, I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, um, depression, anxiety, social anxiety, as well as some sensory processing difficulties. And somehow my um university psych psychologist she uh missed the diagnosis so it wasn't until um when i was 28 so i'm 30 now mm -hmm. um i did some i had a very strong inclination actually a girl online 
who was quite a bully towards me, said to me once, oh, she she probably has, she's probably autistic or she probably has Asperger's and just kind of said it in a, in a very rude kind of way, but that kind of stuck with me. So I did some online testing and I ended up scoring very high uh, in terms of, yes, you are autistic. And from there I went and I found a uh, another doctor who is one of the only ones I think in Western Canada who will test adults free of charge. And I got my doctor to refer me to him and I got my diagnosis. Wow. And that's really quite late in life, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'm, it's kind of a bit, I guess, bittersweet for me that I got it so late in life because if I had this diagnosis when I was a child, I feel like there may have been um, a few more doors in terms of um, help I could have received. And, um, you know, obviously there would have been some like tax rebates for my parents and uh, stuff like that. So um, the sweet part of it is, you know, I can, I can meet basically my tribe. I can meet people that I actually relate to for the first time in my life. Yeah. And so do you see gaining a diagnosis as being positive for you? It absolutely has. Uh, I feel without a diagnosis that um, my advocacy work, for me, I'm not speaking on anybody else, but for me, my advocacy work wouldn't have had the validity that it, it does now. Yeah. Um, with that diagnosis, I can, you know, proudly say that, yes, I'm an autistic person, um, with the, the proof that I have. I know a lot of people are self-diagnosed and I don't want them to think in any terms that I'm putting them down. But just for me, you know, having that on paper really helped me uh, connect the dots. Yeah, totally. And so do you now feel like questions that you maybe had about yourself have been answered and you're more accepting of yourself? Absolutely. I mean, it made complete sense as to why um, children when I was younger felt that I was weird or strange. And they would always constantly ask me, why are you so weird? Why are you so different? And I never had the answer. And I didn't think that there was anything different about me. Mm -hmm. But being an adult now, I have the answer to that question. And it, it was very freeing and, and quite relieving. Yeah, I bet. So what was it when you were a child when people would say to you, oh, you're weird or different? What were they seeing? Um, well, they were seeing my um, difficulties with studies. Um, I was always pulled out of the regular class to do a, like a remedial class for, I think, probably like half an hour. And then I'd be placed back into the class. Mm -hmm. So the other children would, would see already, you know, that that there was a reason for that. And also the fact that I um, would probably ramble on about certain subjects Mm -hmm. and be very hyper-focused on those subjects. And I wasn't particularly good at having like a two-way conversation. It would mostly be me talking to somebody versus engaging back and forth. Okay. And so you mentioned that So what, you got um, attention deficit disorder and anxiety and central pro sensory processing when you were a child. They were picked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how old would you have been when all of that was picked up? Oh, geez. Um, well... I was quite young. Uh, I'm not sure when I started seeing my psychologist, but definitely like probably earlier elementary school years, I would say. I'm not, I, I can't pinpoint the exact time, okay. but uh, it is a lot of those things are genetic also for me. So it wasn't, I think, a surprise for anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in terms of how how you manage your life now and how your um, autism presents today and the tools that you use to 
to manage all of that. What what does that look like now? You're an adult. Um. Well. Uh... Lately, uh, I feel like some some of my symptoms or some of the things that affect me have gotten worse. Like, I feel like I'm more, I don't know if it's that I'm more aware of my diagnosis, that I'm finding sounds to be very difficult. Uh, I was just in Costco yesterday and there was a family with their young children and the, the pitch of some young children, their voice, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I don't do very well. So I had to put in some earplugs, but the earplugs that I have don't totally cancel out the noise. So I'm looking for an alternative. Um, so definitely uh, the sound sensitive sensitivities. And I also have issues with uh, lots of different foods. Um, I just, the texture of foods is terrible. And so it's very hard for me to dine out. A lot of the time I just prepare my own food because I know exactly what's in it. Yeah. Um and you know i have issues socially going out i find myself constantly um having difficulties with um even just speaking to people i get tongue t- tongue tied i get you know nervous mm-hmm. and so yeah those are just a few things that definitely present themselves today okay so then as as you kind of grew up and you 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 finished school what happened then because you obviously are a t- very talented artist having looked at what the stuff that you've got available to buy so when did you discover that as a talent of yours um well I've kind of always done art and thank you by the way for your compliment um my mother is a calligraphy and watercolor artist and so growing up I always would see her you know at her table working on her stuff and art was always just a part of my life it was my favorite class in elementary school it was something I was always engaged with and it's just you know this particular um retrophiliac pseudonym that I've had for my art I probably say that now being 30 I'm pretty sure I started around when I was like 15 maybe a little bit earlier than that so half my life at least um, I've identified that way, but I've always done art and it's definitely something that just comes naturally to me. Okay. And so retrophiliac, the meaning of that is just liking things in the past. Is that right? Yeah. So retrophiliac definitely means like a lover of past things. Um, I am very much, um, I, I guess you could say it's an obsession with the 1960s and 70s pulp pop culture specifically so like the pop music of the time not so much the rock music although pop and rock kind of overlap so that's definitely just something that um i internalize and then it kind of comes out through my art yeah i can tell that by the colors that you use it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's quite psychedelic in that sense um but yeah beautiful so what what is it that so obviously that inspires you but you do obviously cats i mean if if anyone goes and looks you're love cats um, i am obsessed with my cats oh yeah how like, many cats have you got i have two i have buddy mm-hmm. he's a short-haired orange male and he's about six and then i have ruby and she's a medium-haired light orange female which is very rare and she's probably about two and we adopted them separately from the spca and they are so bonded and so in love it's like the best thing i've ever seen yeah that's lovely hmm so they're a big inspiration for your art. What else inspires you? Um, family, you know, music, just being around my mom and discussing like different art things with her and getting feedback. And I worked in an art supply store for 
um, just over three years. And so our knowledge of, of that, you know, that's pretty inspiring. And I, I, it was just always nice to be able to talk about something that I know so much about. So having the option of so many different mediums and products and knowing a lot about it, that's pretty inspiring to, you know, test new things out. Yeah. You've got a Mm -hmm. lot of buildings as well that you've done. Yeah, I go through phases. I mean, I guess, you know, different artists go through different periods of their work. So I've done animals, buildings lately is what it's been. Um, kind of like cartoony cats and stuff like that. But mm. hopefully I'll move on to something else. But I just, I don't really think when I make my art, it just kind of happens. So I never know going into it what is going to transpire. So is it something that you studied? Did you study it? Oh, no, um, I'm completely self-taught. I actually didn't even finish high school. <laughs> I got my GED instead. Definitely. And um, I never pursued any post-secondary education. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still don't. And I don't really like rules. Okay. And I don't really like, um, I don't do well with like administration. So everything is completely like on me. Yeah, okay. Um, well, you'd never know you were self-taught. You've obviously got a, a natural ability. And again, you can see you can see Margot's artwork on her website. And there's a link to where you can buy it as well because it's, it's beautiful stuff. What's the, um, the medium that you use? What's your preferred? Yeah, so I use something called um, paint markers. And essentially what they are is they're a valve action marker. So similar to, let's say, you're shaking up a can of spray paint. Mm. You press in the tip you replace the lid and then you shake it until the felt tip gets saturated and the barrels of the pens generally will contain oil water or acrylic based um like ink or paint inside of it okay wow very good Mm -hmm. okay and from your 1960s 70s obsession with pop music who's your favorite pop bands um well it's it kind of So I don't know if you could say band, but like my favorite music Mm -hmm. acts that also were TV shows um, would be like the Monkees, the Partridge Family, you know, from the Partridge Family. I love David Cassidy. Um, I love the Brady Bunch and the Brady Kids music. Uh, You know, I watch like Gilligan's Island, which no music there, but I mean, it's kind of all within the same realm and era of television shows. So it's just, it's just my favorite. I love it so much. Brilliant. Oh, that's good. And I don't know whether being Canadian, you get asked this all the time, but do you like Anne of Green Gables? I know it's the other side of the country. But... Um, I like the new one. I never saw the old one, but the new Anne of Green Gables, the Anne with an E show that yeah. uh, CBC and Netflix are jo- joint producing is an incredible show. And I highly recommend it to like anybody that loves a good story with the most amazing attention to detail with the sets and the costume, the amount of work that goes into that show is yeah. just, ah, oh, it's stunning. I love it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a massive Anne of Green Gables fan. I, I read the books as a child, seen the old one. So I was dead. I didn't even know it was out until Lorraine, who works with us, mentioned it the other day. So we've just started watching it here and it's really good. I'm enjoying oh, it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah. It's Amy Beth who plays Anne is just probably one of the most, talented young actors of of today and uh i really hope to see her uh career flourish because she's just so good yeah totally cool and you you also mentioned that you like to do traveling oh yes i do okay so best place you've been (laughs) 
Um, well, I've gone to the Netherlands twice. Oh, okay. So I absolutely love it there. I love their culture. I love, you know, just just everything about it is so fantastic. We're actually, um, I'm going to be going to New Orleans in the new year. So I'm really looking forward to that. I want to see some gators and yeah. uh, just wander around. It should be really fun. Great. Um, and do you... Um... So have you got any kind of traveling tips, if you like? Because if you're a traveler and quite often um, people with autism can find change of routine and not having their stuff around them and all that kind of stuff, a bit of a challenge. How have you managed to cope with that? So um, generally what I do is I'll find a list online, um, like a packing list. So that really helps me go through the list and make sure I haven't missed anything. So that is definitely a tip. I also find that a lot of the time dining in restaurants when I'm uh, abroad, I can't stand it. So I'll generally uh, find a grocery store, whether it's like a Whole Foods or, you know, in the Netherlands, like an Albert Hein or something like that, and just get snacks Mm -hmm. to take with me. So I'm not bound to like any one place if I have to get out of somewhere or something, at least I have a bite to eat. Yeah. Um, And so in terms of that, yeah. And always, you know, make sure you bring some earplugs and just you know yeah it's that's kind of the main things that i i take note of when i travel okay excellent and so you mentioned um you know as an adult and you feel that you don't know whether the 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 symptoms if you like your your version of autism because it's so different for everybody you're noticing heightened sound and getting irritated by that and um have you got tips for that so yeah, I always have my earplugs. Like I said, I'm gonna. I have vibes, which are fantastic, mm-hmm. but they're mostly used to filter or I guess reduce the level of sound around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can still hear stuff, but there's times where I would rather not hear anything. So definitely some kind of noise uh, canceling device, whether it's earplugs or you know a, a music device with noise canceling headphones. Uh, definitely would recommend that. I um. I just I find that 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 helps a lot mm-hmm. and um you know I don't not really sure what else yeah but but sound for me is is a really big big trigger okay yeah that makes sense and so you've been doing your youtube videos for what three years or so something like that I'm not even time just goes and I lose track <laughs> so can you remember I don't know whether you would know this which is your like most watched video and what what it was about that is a good question. I'm not specifically sure. I know that I did a review on a backpack and that did really well. But I find anytime I speak up against Autism Speaks, those ones tend to get a lot of traction. Okay, so tell me about that because you've got a big slash through Autism Speaks on your website. Clearly yes, I not do. a fan. So tell, tell me about that. I know loads of people. Sure. Yeah, no, this is something I am really like passionate about um, in terms of my activism. Um, Autism Speaks really like makes me feel horrible about myself. Um, They have a video. um, I can't remember. I I think it's called I Am Autism is the video. And it is this like very kind of deep, scary man's voiceover with children and stuff. And it says, you know, like, I'll ruin your families. And I'll make things really hard for you and stuff like that. And to have that as something that you're, um, 
your foundation, if you even want to call it that, is based on is already just really disturbing. Then um, the American branch of it, at least um, 4% goes to families. The rest, they say research, and they are very thinly veiling. They used to say cure, which they won't say anymore. I don't think that that has changed, but they do genetic testing. And essentially, as far as I'm concerned, they're doing genetic testing to find out a variant in the genes to essentially eradicate people of being autistic. And for me, that is just like basically saying I shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. and that a bunch of other people shouldn't exist. And that, that to me is a terrible, terrible like injustice. Yeah. Okay. And so have th- was there not one video that you did that they shared it? Okay. So, um I was featured in a couple local newspapers, the Peace Arch News, the Cloverdale Reporter. Um both are the underneath the umbrella of Black Press Media. Okay. And um I spoke out saying that I don't support Autism Speaks. And Autism Speaks actually turned around and posted my article or linked to it on their Facebook wall and got a bunch of likes and shares. And to me, it's like if anybody actually had read the article and saw that I spoke it against them, I don't think that would have got posted, loved or shared on their page. So to me, <laughs> so it was just... you don't think they even read it or knew what it was I'm about? I'm pretty sure they didn't read it. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of like the most ironic ignorant thing that kind of happened and a lot of people said to me oh you should have just let them keep it up but it's like I didn't want my face on on something that says autism speaks so did you contact them and ask them to take it down I did I called them and actually in my video is the lady on the phone is like so we posted your article and I'm like yep and she's like and you spoke up against us in it and I'm like yep (laughs) and it was just like Oh, it's funny. It's oh. really funny. Wow. So I bet so I bet heads were rolling there when they found that out. Oh my gosh. They're just they whoever is manning their social media or the whole company in general, you know, they just need to stop. And I've also had problems with Autism Speaks Canada. I wish they would change their name if they don't want to be associated with Autism Speaks. But again, you know, there's only so much that I can do as one person. Yeah. That it's frustrating. Yeah. So Autism Speaks Canada, then, I don't know much about. So do they not follow the same vein as Autism Speaks in America? They try to say that they don't. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to have the same name, then clearly some of your values are the same. They they do say um, on one of their charity profiles for financial profiles, when I checked it, that uh, I think almost 50% goes to grants. Okay. And I know that Inclusion BC, or not Inclusion BC, something called Possibilities, receives money from them. So for me, it's kind of like difficult. It's like, do I want to involve myself with these... Um, different foundations that receive money from Autism Speaks Canada. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard. And I contacted one of their head donors and he basically told me to never write him again. So people are not very open to change. Okay. So who who do you support in Canada? Is there a pro-autism supportive organization that exists? Um... I would say that the autism meetup group, although I've only gone once, mm-hmm. um, would be somebody would be, you know, any meetup groups in your area, um, on the meetup.com website, I would say would be really integral to support, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether you're going to it, if you can contribute something, uh, monetary of monetary value or come in with, you know, like a plate full of donuts or something for them, just like any way that you can help. Yeah. There's almost also amethyst, 
um, Scheiber. I don't know if I'm saying her last, their last name right, yeah. but she is um, all over YouTube, and mm-hmm. she and they, sorry, they are an amazing advocate whom I actually had the pleasure of meeting over the summer, Great. and I learned a lot from their videos. Okay, so what sort of stuff do they post? Um. You know what? You've probably even seen their videos, but probably. lots of very um, descriptive, helpful videos about different things that autistic people experience. And when I was looking into my diagnosis, even before I got it, their videos were like a, a beacon of hope for me mm-hmm. and um, just really educated me a lot. Fantastic. That's good. Mm. And so do, do you have a day job? Do you, do you work or do you mainly sell your art and do the um work. selling my art doesn't happen as often as i would like unfortunately um i did have a day job but i was finding it increasingly difficult with the the lighting situation almost everywhere i work the lighting bothers me so much that i can't even be in that environment okay um and, and so did you, did you tackle that with the employer and see if they would adjust it or was it just not possible you know what? It doesn't really matter where I go. I mean, I can't go into Costco. I can't go into, um, you know, grocery stores, mm. whether it's fluorescent or halogen. I just, I can't deal with it. So I, I don't really think there was much that they could have done. Okay. Um, so what I do for work is very sporadically when it comes up, I've started doing background film work again. So I'm an extra so I just, uh, yeah, I filmed a couple of days earlier this month and that was a lot of fun. So I like it because, you know, it's very, it's infrequent. The days are long, but then I can rest. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and you said earlier, you've no idea what you want to do. Like you've not Zero. got any great passion for a career or anything that you found that floats your boat. Yeah, uh, nothing. And I mean, for me, being self-motivated and being able to have my own platform where that I'm in charge of versus somebody else telling me what to do, yeah. um, that to me is like an integral part of my activism, my writing, my video making and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. So if you if you had kind of three wishes for the world in relation to making the lives of people who have autism easier what would they be? What would be your kind of stop, start, continue type thing? Hmm, that's a really hard one. I One of them, uh, I would say, is for anybody that's calling anything sensory friendly, they should change it to sensory aware because oh. not everybody wants to sit in a movie theater with the lights on. Yeah, I, I, to- I saw your video on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing that I think is really important. Terminology needs to change. Okay, Research yeah. in terms of sensory things needs to change. Um, a second wish would be that um, hmm, that maybe that employers who you disclose the fact that you're autistic to, that they won't end up using it against you later on. Um, I know a lot of people have had that problem. I have too. Um, And so, yeah, just more actually inclusive workplaces. Okay. In what what way have you or someone else have that? Can you give me an example without naming any names? Yeah, I know some people have gotten um, let go of their jobs. Um, You know, for me, it was an employer not particularly believing that I was capable of a task that I kept trying to remind them that I was very capable of the task. And that wasn't enough convincing. 
So definitely more uh, proper communication in the workplace, less judgment, find a job for the person if they said they, they can do it, at least give them a chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the third thing would probably be, you know, it's a mix of more acceptance and more, um, what's it called? More resources for autistic children as well as adults that do not include autism speaks. So that is a really big one. We just need, you know, there is the self-advocacy network, but you know, I believe that because there is so much money behind autism speaks, it's not viable for anybody else to start something where they're not going to be financially uh, profitable for them. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting that you said they're resources for children and adults. Do you see a difference between how an adult is treated and a child is treated? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The way that the resources are, I guess, divvied up mm -hmm. is that adults, you know, you reach a certain age and it's kind of like, hey, you're on your own. There are there are resources, but they're very few yeah. and they don't... Um, seem to present themselves as often or as easily accessible whereas for children you know a lot of the time the parents will do whatever they feel is necessary whether it's supporting autism speaks to get their children resources that they feel is available because they don't they don't have the knowledge that an autistic adult would have against that they just kind of have their blinders on and say this is my child i need my child's help without seeing the negative effects that they're causing. Whereas adults, we're more aware. So um, having the ability to choose would be amazing because really there's not much out there. Okay. So what resources do you feel you haven't got that you would like? Um, well, I feel like, you know, right now I'm awaiting like disability forms being filled out, but I know that there might be a very good chance of me getting rejected. So then I have to go through a uh, disability alliance and get all that sorted out. So I feel like autistic people should be taken more seriously if to them they find that it makes them unable to complete tasks. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be more accepted that like we know what's best for us and I think that's a really important understated thing is that we kind of know what we need and so yeah better resources for that it would be amazing to have some kind of like um, counseling that I haven't been able to access because my financial situation is not the greatest mm -hmm. and so unless you have money or you come from a wealthy background it's you almost have to have money to afford any kind of thing that you need. So definitely greater accessibility to to that kind of thing like counseling and, and financial resources. Okay, so that's not... Because how, how does healthcare work in Canada? Excuse my ignorance. Yeah, no worries. Uh, most things are covered. Um, there are certain things that we still have to pay for. Um, so obviously like prescriptions are depending on your income and your plan, whether you have private coverage or coverage through um the government you know there sometimes will be a percentage um and in terms of counseling it's not i'm basically waiting i've been waiting months to have online counseling right. so there's that so it really um varies from municipality to municipality what their mental health offerings are and in terms of autism uh they don't really recognize or know much about autism when i speak to them so i have to basically almost forget about my autistic diagnosis and just talk about being depressed and anxious. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and then that gets you what, what you need sort of thing. 
yeah and do, exactly. do you think um the, the geography of canada is it is it a bit we often talk here in the uk about things being a postcode lottery in terms of what's available based on your postcode oh um, to- yeah so you know I, i'm not sure what rural communities are going to have offered to them definitely not as much as being in a city or close to a city mm. so definitely i would say that that's there's a lot of truth grounded in that um i think that people in like you know up very far up in bc and in the the colder regions i don't know what they have Mm -hmm. um like i say everything is so spread out in my country that you have populations large populations and very concentrated areas yeah yeah Um, now one video that i didn't get to watch today which i wanted to and i didn't have time was the one where you're talking about jenny mccartney oh my gosh (laughs) she okay She's a bit of a quack, if you want to put it that way. She thinks that she was basically touting this J.B. Handley author, his book, How to End the Autism Epidemic. So first off, ending us, not okay. Calling it an epidemic, also not okay. And she's also very um, against vaccinations. So the whole cumulative nature of what she stands for or stands against is the complete polar opposite of of what the actually autistic community is trying to put forward. Yeah. Is she she autistic? I think her son is. Right, okay. um, And so it's her kind of way of advocating for him. Okay. But just because something works for you doesn't mean that it's going to work for a population of people. And to basically say that you want to eradicate people and, and... organized this thing where the book came out and everybody was talking about it like she was trying to she calls them her like autism warrior moms or something Mm -hmm. and i just i just can't like as an autistic adult like don't speak for me Mm -hmm. don't don't throw these words around and think that i'm gonna stand idly by and be okay with it i'm not yeah okay okay so any any other big bugbears because obviously we've, we've covered we've covered the main one um, you know, I just have a lot of, um, I have a lot of positivity, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate, but I also get a lot of negativity too. And I've just had to learn to either tell somebody else to deal with it or block them because the energy it takes for me to fight against mo- mothers of autistic children who think that everything I'm doing is wrong, is just completely draining and it takes away from the positive work that I'm trying to do. So I generally, it's on Twitter, I'll wake up to some negative, um, insult like insults and i just i have to block them it's yeah. not that i'm giving up it's that i need to save my energy to to, to fight handle to fight your fight. yeah exactly yeah. to fight exactly yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. um because yeah i mean i guess i guess it's everyone's entitled to, to their opinion and their view and and you've got your beliefs and that's the path you're following and fighting for and so why be drained and waste your energy on people that don't have those same views Exactly. And I find uh, somebody I'd like to give a shout out to, I don't know if you've spoken to her yet, um, is Eve of International Badass Activists. She is one of the first people that I ever connected with in the community and the kind of work that she does is amazing. And sometimes she'll fight those battles against those mothers for me, um, or at least on my behalf. And I just want to say that like, she's an incredible, incredible advocate. And a lot of her website is reposting different articles as well as obviously her own views too, but she just provides an amazing platform for autistic people. Oh, that's brilliant. 
And do yeah. you feel that that um, times are changing? That there is much more positivity around autism now. I think so. I think also, you know, the fact that we're all interconnected on the the internet and that kind of thing. I feel like it it's because we're able to band together and be allies. Mm-hmm. I think that is providing a lot of social change. Um, and yes, it's a hard battle and it is kind of slow, but I think that the strides we are making is probably, um, you know, better than anybody could have hoped for. And it's just something we continue to do and we continue to band together. I mean, I have made so many friends online through the fact that I am autistic and I stand with them and they stand with me. And, and I think that alone, just opening up our social lives is an amazing feat. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's one of the benefits of modern day, isn't it? That, you know, had we been talking about this 20 years ago, even, we probably wouldn't even have been talking or know each other exist. Exactly. Um, it's it's amazing. And I feel so incredibly thankful for that and for the opportunities that I've had that I, you know, it's, it's really been a bright spot in my life just to to have you know just even just being autistic and having the opportunities that are coming to me because of who I am it's it's something that I've kind of wanted and worked for my entire life so it's it's incredibly uplifting great and if if anyone wanted to kind of get involved as such like what are the good things that people could do to really make a difference do you think for sure so there's a few hashtags that I think people should use is hashtag actually autistic Mm -hmm. um hashtag do i look autistic yet which i know you covered in your previous podcast um that is really that's one i definitely use a lot um so definitely seeking out others that are using these hashtags in a positive fashion connecting with them or at least using them yourself um definitely there's a lot of facebook groups that you can join so just make sure i actually had a problem with one of them So Mm -hmm. I had to start my own. Um, So there are some really good ones. And, um, you know, if you're able to create content about it, go forth and do it because you're just going to probably help other people. Yeah, absolutely. The more voices that we can get behind it, the better. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Margot, it's been really fascinating talking to you. Have you got any kind of final messages or anything that we've not covered that you'd like to get across? Um, Not that I can think of. You know, if anybody does want to reach me again, my website is navigatingjourney.com. I'm at Artful Retro on Twitter. I'm facebook.com slash retrophiliac. Um, I'm on all this, pretty much all the social channels. So if anybody wants to reach out, I'd be really happy to talk with them and see whatever insight or whatever conversations they want to have. I'd be happy to partake in that. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been fab. And I hope that um, your art sells gazillions because it's awesome. Thank you so much. And what you're doing is an amazing thing. And I just am really appreciative of this opportunity. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. Yo again. So what did you think of that podcast? Uh, 30-year-old Canadian me. 30-year-old Canadian you. uh, Amazing artist. Loves to spend time with her mum. And loves cats. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love cats? She likes to travel. That's very much like you too. Send me in a car for seven hours and I will be yeah. happy. So pretty much Margot is an older version of Jamie, is what we've and found. And Canadian. Um, 
very interesting to listen to her how she explains why she doesn't like autism speaks because because autism speaks is awful but autism speaks that but, was a bad pun but sometimes it's difficult to understand why people don't like autism speaks so i just think it's great to listen to how margot yeah. explains why she doesn't like autism speaks so if anybody didn't understand the reasoning um, then that's a, it's a great one to listen to yeah. for that um she is a very passionate young lady and she does youtube is she more passionate than me i think she's very much like you like an older version of you so yes yeah, so i really enjoyed that that podcast and i'm gonna go and watch some of margot's videos i'm probably gonna sleep uh, we hope you enjoyed it or play on smash brothers or sleep on smash brothers just play jigglypuff and spam rest and don't forget to join us tonight at seven o'clock because we are doing the new year's eve party on the sensory support group see you later the thirst yo